and welcome to Small Business MBA. I'm Yasmin Ali. Over the past few weeks, we've looked at our finances and financial management in quite some detail. One of the things that has come up on numerous occasions is the collection on debtors or accounts receivable. This affects our cash flow as well as planning and can adversely skew our ratios. So today we look at how we can manage our debtors book more effectively. Debtors is a term given to all our clients who owe us money. In other words, this is everyone to whom we have given goods or provided a service for with an agreement that they would pay us at a later date. For most industries, this is standard practice. However, the mistake that most small businesses make is that we do not set our terms and conditions or policies up front. And worse yet, if we do, we don't enforce them. This is obviously to the detriment of our businesses, since it's cash that does not make its way into the business. So, given that this can severely harm our businesses, why would we not enforce them? I've come across a number of common reasons which seem to traverse industries. The first reason is that we believe that collecting on our debtors would adversely affect the relationship with the so-called client. And I use the term so-called because a client is defined as someone who pays you. So if this person is not paying you, I don't see them as your client. I've come across so many entrepreneurs who continue to supply goods and services to a non-paying debtor because they believe that it gives them a better chance at collecting the monies owed to them. The problem here is that the debtor not only owes us money, but in the provision of the goods to them, they cost us money as well. Every business has cost of sales attached to it, and every time we service a client, it costs us. And if this person, be it an individual or business, or even government department, has not paid us in the past, this is a fair indicator that they will not pay us in the future. The fact is that past behaviors are generally indicative of future behaviors. And while we cannot change someone else's behavior, the only way to influence someone else's behavior is by changing our own behavior and breaking the cycle. In other words, when we change our actions, we may influence them into changing theirs. Here's the thing, even if they don't immediately pay us back everything that they owe us, at least we stop ourselves spending money that we may not have. The next reason why we do not collect on our debtors is that we somehow believe that as small businesses, we can't or don't have the right to demand payment. This is especially true when we see the debtor as being bigger than us or as somehow more important a player than we are. We're just so grateful for having them on our books that we can list them as clients and that we can count them as sales. Again, there's this belief that they will come good of their, on their own accord and that we would somehow be in the wrong if we pointed out the money owed to us. We convince ourselves that they are perfectly aware and have every intention of paying us. The payment cycle is just off, or we must have made a mistake in invoicing. Let's assume for a second that this was in fact true. What harm would it do to follow up on the payment if they intend to pay us? In fact, wouldn't that bring the opportunity to correct the situation with the client telling us where we went wrong? The sooner we correct the error, the sooner we get paid. 
The final reason that I want to talk about, and in many ways my personal favorite, is that we convince ourselves that the debtor's book is a positive indicator for a healthy business. I've actually had a few bookkeeping and accounting firms argue this with me. Since debtors is an asset, it's a healthy line item on our, ba on our balance sheet. Okay, I will agree that our accounts receivable is an asset. And the reason that it is an asset is because cash is an asset and debtors become cash when collected on. And yes, when a bank manager or investor looks at your balance sheet, having debtors may not be seen as a particularly bad thing. But make no mistake, they will also look at your debtor's book or journal. And having delinquent debts, in other words, debts that are beyond their due, is seen as very bad. This generally points to a lack of systems or an inability to implement these systems. Either way, it points to poor management, something that nobody would put money into. So what do we do about it? Often, when we get to the point of realizing that this is a problem, we feel overwhelmed and don't know where to start. If this is you, don't worry. It's quite normal. And after the break, I speak to a chartered accountant who has assisted many entrepreneurs stabilize their businesses by taking control of their debtors. Welcome back to Small Business MBA. I'm now joined by Samantha Weldon, who is going to help me demystify the mystery that is debtors. Welcome, Samantha. Thanks, yes. So, from an accounting perspective, why do you think entrepreneurs struggle so much with this concept of debtors? My experience when I've been speaking to entrepreneurs directly about it, they don't they don't struggle with, they know what a debtor is. Mm -hmm. it, it's, not a, it's not a finance thing. It is very much their relationship with money and yeah. do they deserve to be paid that money. Um, so if you speak to them, you'll find, if you speak to a group of entrepreneurs, you'll find that some of them have quite a, a strong sense of, I've done work. And mm. I did it for money, and mm. you must pay me. Mm. And others, in fact, the majority, have a sense of, I've done work, and please will you pay me? It's almost, it's almost as if, you know, until that money's in their bank accounts, it's not theirs. Correct, correct. And, 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 and because they don't see it as theirs, they don't feel like they have the right to ask for it. Mm. Mm. And it's a struggle that I find many of them have. So... Would you say that that's the first thing? That's, that's the first thing in, in starting to take um, control of your debtor's book, mm. to just recognize that once you've done the work, once you've invoiced it, it is actually your money. It is yours. You are entitled to it. You are entitled to ask for it. And the next step then is looking at if you feel uncomfortable asking for that money, then it's a case of, well, what kind of tools, techniques, conversational techniques can you come up with? Or can yeah. you practice to become a little bit more comfortable asking for the money? So um, one of the things that, that, that I found is that, you know, they don't actually have those techniques. You know, mm. they don't actually have, you know, the ways to ask, mm. you know, the question without, mm. without 
um, in particular alienating the, the client because mm. that's, the, that's the big fear. You know, mm. if, I, if I say to them, listen, mm -hmm. you actually owe me this. I'm going to alienate this person who I, you know, I need you as a client. Mm. <laughs> um, so what would be a good technique, would you say, to, to approach um, a client that owes you money? I think there's different things from, from the outset. What the entrepreneur needs to do is figure out who it is that they need to ask at the client. So yeah. if it's a personal relationship and, and, the, and it's business to business and, it, and it's a small business to another small business, that entrepreneur might be asking another entrepreneur, another business owner for the money. Mm. That's a bit of a different conversation to an entrepreneur that's speaking to a creditor's department who's doing a payment mm -hmm. process. Yeah. Um, so if we look at the bigger corporations where the processing of payments is separate from the person that has actually bought the product mm -hmm. or the service, the person and the conversation that that entrepreneur needs to have is quite different. So let's go back to the entrepreneur to entrepreneur conversation. Mm. Um, because to me, um, you know, I find that it's, it's, it's always easier to then connect with that person on an entrepreneur basis mm. and um, have the conversation in terms of, listen, you're running a small business, I'm running a small business. <laughs> you know, this is now putting my business in jeopardy. Um, mm. You know, what can we do about mm. it? Would that be the way that you'd say, you know, um, maybe approach that conversation with a with small business? Yes. The, the issue there becomes then not so much the, you know, earlier you said it would be easy to have that conversation because it's business to business. So you'd think yes, but the problem is it's a much more personal relationship mm. very frequently. And what we're finding with a lot of people that, that certainly that I've worked with is when they're in those business-to-business -business relationships with small business owners, there's frequently a relationship with that business owner which is more than just a supplier-company mm. relationship. Mm. They've built a certain rapport. They, they understand their backgrounds. There's certain cultural nuances to their interactions. Yeah. And all of those things play a part in that conversation. Okay, so let's move, let's move over to a bigger business mm. um, where you're typically not dealing with, you know, the person at the top, you're typically dealing with an accounts department. Mm. How, do you, how do you approach that conversation? The first thing I would do in a situation like that is get the entrepreneur to understand how that business is contracting mm -hmm. and credit processing process works. Mm -hmm. This is frequently a huge problem for, for entrepreneurs. So it, a buyer comes along, they, they, it's, it's a, they strike up a good relationship, there's a great opportunity, they deliver the okay. work, and the buyer may not talk okay. them through all the steps of contracting with mm -hmm. that business. So the entrepreneur wants to deliver, wants to do a good job, mm -hmm. is enthusiastic, and, and goes forward before they've put some processes in place mm -hmm. which are very, very necessary to do up front. Okay. So the first thing is find out from that business what their processes are. For example, and this is a big one, yeah. does the business require a purchase order to be issued before you start the Absolutely, work? Absolutely, yeah. And so many entrepreneurs, they, the buyer is saying, yes, let's do this, there's a deadline, can you help me out here? The entrepreneur yes, goes and does the work. 
and was never issued with a purchase order. And then order. the accounting department goes, oi, stop. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I want to I want to have a little bit of fun here. Mm. Um, let's uh, let's let's role play for our entrepreneurs out there. Mm. What would be a good way to to approach this? Mm. Okay. So I'll be I'll be the I'll be the accounting department. Mm -hmm. I'll be the person that you're dealing with in the accounting department, and you'll be the entrepreneur that I owe money to. Is can we do that? Sure. Because I think that it's a, lot, it's, it's a situation that so many entrepreneurs face, uh, face on a daily basis, mm. and they don't quite know what the words are to use when they, when they go into, into that environment. Mm. Okay. And what I find is typically we start off quite cordially. So, hey, Samantha, nice to see you again. Yes. Hi, yes. Okay, so what are you doing here today? Well, I've been looking for this payment. What payment? I did a piece of work for you two months back. I sent you an invoice at the end of the month, and I should have received payment at least a week ago. Um, um, I don't recall seeing an invoice from you. Okay. Um, how does your process usually work? Well, the first thing is, you know, we need to we need to issue you with um, with with a number, a tracking number from our side, um, and then you need to send um, the you need to send your invoice to a particular email address, um, accounts at mycompany.co.za, um, and from there it will be issued. It will be um, sent to one of our payment clerks. Okay, so I did that. Um, when you say a tracking number, though, I didn't get any particular tracking number from you. What uh, but, is that all about? But you see, um, Joe Soap, um, you know, that you were dealing with should have given you that tracking number. Oh, goodness. Okay. So I understand the issue now. How can I get this fixed? And I think therein lies, the, therein lies the, the, the key question that a lot of entrepreneurs forget to ask. You mm. know, how do we fix this? Mm. You know, it's not, I'm not looking for an argument with you. It's mm. how, do we, how do we fix this, this, this problem? And typically, most, most accounts departments will then say to you, okay, let's go find Joe. <laughs> let's get you that tracking number <laughs> and let's get you paid, right? And uh, very frequently that person will go, you know, it's always Joe that does this. And you keep telling him when he brings a new supplier on, he has to onboard them onto our finance processes. But the, the, the good thing with the way that we interacted in, in, in that role play is it wasn't confrontational. And I mm. think that's another thing that entrepreneurs need to, need to understand. It, just because we're talking about money, which is an emotional subject, doesn't mean that it has to be confrontational. Mm. Absolutely, especially when you are speaking to an accounts department. Mm. That accountant or that bookkeeper or creditor's clerk that you are speaking to, they're doing a job. Mm. They're not withholding your money from you out of any other strategy, personal interest. They're not stealing it from you. They're not stealing it from you. They, they don't have that interest. Their interest is to process things and to process them properly. So what you can do is find out where the process has gone mm. wrong and find out how you can fix it. And on that note, I actually want to talk about um, the entrepreneur's internal processes as well, because mm. so many entrepreneurs actually don't have payment processes mm. in place. Mm. And if you don't have a payment process in place and you're not telling people mm. how, to, how, how they need to pay you, mm. it's going to be very difficult to find that meeting of the minds Absolutely. in terms of getting paid. Mm. Now, frequently with, with entrepreneurial businesses, cash flow is such a big issue, yes. right? So, so when we talk about debtors, we're not really talking about leveraging debtors. We're not talking about, you know, the more sort of sophisticated debtors, pol 
you know, processing policies and, yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. We're talking about how are you going to get paid on time? Yeah. Um, and what an entrepreneur needs to do is make sure that they issue that invoice to their customer as soon as possible mm. and to the right person and in the right way so that whoever they're issuing that invoice to can release that payment as soon as possible. Yeah, and, and, and I know that it's one of the, one of the most tedious <laughs> sort of jobs that most entrepreneurs mm -hmm. would like to outsource as soon as possible. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I tend to say is the sooner you have a robust policy in place, mm -hmm. the sooner you can outsource it to, to an employee. Mm -hmm. Because once you've got a step-by-step, -step, this, is, this is how we invoice, this is, this is you know, step two, this is what happens when they haven't paid us on time, the sooner you can get someone else to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm. Another thing I've found with many of the entrepreneurs when we have a classroom situation and we go, we, we compare how different people are, are mm. dealing with their, mm -hmm. their debtors, the ones that don't have problems mm. are the ones that know what the payment policy is for the company that they're yeah. um, doing business with and are the ones that process the invoices according to that policy on time and have every, all their documentation in place yeah. on time. The other ones that are a little bit vague about it and, and kind of go, wow, that, was, that, that job was <laughs> exhausting, I'll get around to the admin next week, those ones frequently land up in a position where the invoice is not processed in time or they don't receive their payment in time or they end up waiting a mm. long time for the payment. The thing that I just want to end off with is one of, the, one of the things that I've come across a lot is mm. this is a problem for small businesses. Mm. <laughs> so if an entrepreneur is, is sitting there, sitting with this massive debtors book that, okay, now I need a strategy in terms of how I'm going to collect it. Firstly, you're not alone, but how would you suggest, you know, he starts, you know, dealing with it? Working through a big old debtors book. Yes. <laughs> so... There are certain debtors that you need to make a call on. You need to make a call on whether you're going to go a legal process to collect that debt. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't recommend that unless you have exhausted all the other possibilities. Okay. Um, so I would firstly go through the debtors book and, and ring friends those ones, the very long outstanding ones where, where you've gone through all the other processes and that debt is still not... Is, is still not getting resolved. Um, and look at that and go, okay, do we write this off or don't we write this off? Um, if, it's, if that debt is sitting there because you had a contract with a big institution and you didn't have all of your paperwork in order and you've spoken to the people and you've reissued the documentation okay. time and time and time again, then you might find yourself in a position where you have to actually write that debt off. Okay. That organization might be looking at that going, we don't acknowledge this piece of work. Okay. Um, then if there are some debts that are a little bit longer outstanding, mm -hmm. I would look at that from what is your relationship with the business owners or mm -hmm. the creditors or debtors department? Have you used all of your leverage that you yeah. can. Have you had those conversations or have you been avoiding those conversations? Yeah. Um, 
and start having more personal phone calls around those debts to collect them. And I think that that's, that's one of the most important things to, to, to realize. You're dealing with people, mm. so make it personal. Mm. Um, you know, pick up the phone, um, you know, emails often, you know, don't quite convey the message that you're trying to convey. So don't be scared of picking up the phone. Don't be scared mm. of going to there and, and mm. having the conversation. I mean, exactly like in the role play that, we, that mm. we had, where you are actually saying, what's the problem? How can, we, how can we resolve it? And I think that's the most important question. How can we resolve it? Mm. Um, so one final, one final statement from you to entrepreneurs out there on, on debtors. Understand what your clients' contracting and invoice processing policies and procedures are. Know that upfront and follow them. Sam, thank you so much for joining us today and for helping us understand our debtors slightly better. Thank you, yes. After the break, I give you some tips on how to collect on that debtors book that I know is outstanding for you. Join me for that. Welcome back to Small Business MBA. Today we're talking debtors and I want to just talk to you about some key things when it comes to managing your debtors book. Now right up front, one of the things that I said was most small businesses do not have a debt collection policy. So the first thing I'm going to tell you is create one. Now, I know this might seem overwhelming, but the fact of the matter is you can actually get quite standard ones off the internet and you can customize that for your own business. In fact, many industries actually have standard debt collection policies for that particular industry. Go do some searches, find something that feels right for you, and then customize it to your business and what works for your business. Now, your debt collection policy needs to have certain things in place. The first thing is, what is your policy on debt? How long do you give people to pay you? Is it 30 days? Is it 60 days? At which point does something become non-standard? Now, when you take an account at any retail store, for example, you know exactly how long you have before they start levying interest or before they start imposing penalties. So it would make sense that your clients also know all of those things. On 30 days, what happens? On 60 days, what happens? And the great thing is once you start writing these things down and you start recording what the ideal is in terms of your debt collection, you can actually employ somebody to do it for you because most of these things are quite manual and quite standard. The other thing that you want to have is your standard communications. Now, I always believe that your standard communication has to start before the debt is due. So in other words, especially if this is a new client, a week before, a few days before, just pick up the phone or send an email to say, this is just a reminder that invoice number, this and that and that, is due on this day, and thank you for doing business with us. What this does for you is it creates a situation with the payer where you're top of mind for that payer. The other thing that it does is, if it wasn't top of mind for them, it kind of prompts the person to go look at your invoice, make sure that everything is correct. That's another standard clause that you should always add to all your communications with your debtors. If anything is 
incorrect or there's any information missing, please make sure that you contact us so that we can correct it. As a business, we always want to be taking responsibility for making sure that everything's right. Now, the escalation of communication goes from before the debt is due to the day that the debt is due. Again, just a friendly reminder that this is due today. If payment cannot be made, please let us know urgently. Now, if the debt hasn't been paid on that day, take a couple of days to make sure that it isn't just the banking error where you know it reflects in your account a couple of days later. But post that, pick up the phone and phone them again. If somebody intends to pay you, they have no issue with you phoning and asking what went wrong. Again, remember that this might be the opportunity to fix whatever went wrong in you invoicing. Nobody minds communication as long as the communication is done in a courteous manner. There's at this point no need to be rude or lose your temper. The problem becomes when we have a delinquent payer. And I believe that when we have a delinquent payer, we need to let it go. What do I mean when I say let it go? I'm not saying that we give up on ever seeing that money. I believe that debt collectors are professionals that exist within industries because they know how to approach the, the, the topic. The problem a lot of the time is that we don't know where to go or how to do this. So let them do their job. Much of the time they will work on a commission basis. So whatever they collect, they'll take 10 or 15% depending on the amount that's owed. So let them do that. I know that for me, I would rather have 85% of what was owed to me than nothing at all. Of course, the other thing that we have to realize is that some debts will have to, be, will have to just be written off as bad debts at some point. It's for this reason that before we give debt to anybody, it's really important that we check them out, we vet them, and we realize that not everybody deserves to get credit from us. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Small Business MBA, and I look forward to seeing you next time.